This is Into the Storm, Tragedy to Triumph Transformation. This is where we become buffaloes, not cowards. Buffaloes bravely fight into the storm, not painfully away from the storm like cows. You be the buffalo, not the cow or the coward. This is raw, real, and rewarding for men with spiritual values. I'm Ryan Smith, your host, and I'm joined with Bunker Weimer, your co-host. By joining us, you join the community of post-secularism, vanguards combining the one, the Eastern and Western paradigms, the scientific and secularism, plus the spiritual and religious values, all searching for the same thing, truth. Now we can start this. And as we start in, but before we, we jump in, sorry, before we jump in, I want to let you know of even more incredible opportunities to learn and discover healing for yourself and those you love. You can learn more at the TTT transformation or tttransformation.com and www.theryancsmith.com for one-on-one -on -one coaching and large-scale speaking opportunities to transform your relationships and your life. Be part of the action. Let's get into it. Today, we have an exciting episode where we're talking about getting bad guy results, but still being the good guy. Bunker has put some of these, has put these thoughts together. And so he's going to be leading this conversation. So I'm going to turn it over to you, my friend. Awesome. Thank you. Well, as we're talking, I hope that we can kind of help define for the audience the difference between bad boys and nice guys, their characteristics, and hopefully illustrate how they can, you can find a middle ground. Uh, you can have certain positive qualities of the bad boy while retaining the good parts of the nice guy. So kind of diving into it, if we think about what are the differences between bad boys and nice guys. And so as we talk about negative and masculine or positive, sorry, positive and negative, or we have masculine and feminine energies, um, we can think of the bad boys being high in masculine traits which are more on a disagreeable, assertive, action-based characteristics. And then nice guys are more high in the feminine traits. They're a little more in their bodies. They feel a little bit more. They are focused on what is going on around them and within. Nice guys are often considered like the pushover. Bad boys are kind of edgy. Nice guys are do, are do what they're told. Sometimes they just kind of push over to their wife or their girlfriend. They wear whatever they got picked out for them. And bad boys just do what they want. So hopefully that kind of illustrates. Yeah. And if I get interject, absolutely. Like usually we have like derogatory terms. I want to keep this uplifting here. Uh, so <laughs> I'm not going to say the terms that I heard in the military a lot, but guys would have demeaning comments towards guys. And it was a, usually a feminine trait or body part or something, but like it was <laughs> usually, you know, if they wanted to be derogatory towards men, they would call her something in the feminine frame, which I thought is, or, you know, which, which, which would also connote weakness and that pushover trait. So I just like our language that we use there, there, there's this consciousness that femininity is synonymous with weakness. And so that, that, that was a, uh, kind of, and so the nice guy is kind of, is a derogatory, like that's not what you want to be, right? You don't want to be the nice guy. Because then that connotes that you are passive, weak, unable to get things done, which is kind of the opposite of masculinity, strong, get things done, uh, immovableness. So, No, absolutely. Thank you. Because going off what you said and what we talked about in previous podcasts is kind of like the yin and the yang. So each of us has our own balance of yin and yang. So if we think about the masculine and feminine, we ourselves, especially like as men, we have to have uh, be in touch with our feminine side and our masculine side. And if we are not, we can be very out of balance. So a lot of times there's men who are very assertive. They get stuff done. They don't mess around. But when it comes time to communicate, talk about their feelings, maybe open up, that can be a very difficult thing. So it's interesting because for a lot of women, that can be a very attractive feature of, oh, he's so driven. He just gets it done. He's kind of that alpha male. But then after six months, that that very thing is what drives them away because now they're like, well, you're not being open with me. I don't get to talk. There's no connection. I'm not seeing any vulnerability from you. And so there definitely is 
a high value and importance of being aware of yourself before um, addressing the relationship. I feel like you're like, hey, am I capable or am I doing a good job of being in my masculine and feminine energies from time to time? We don't want to be too unbalanced because just like as you said, Ryan, like sometimes we talk about femininity as like just being weakness. And it definitely brings its own strength to the table and has its own role, its own place and its own time. And it's almost being aware of yourself and knowing when to do what and where to do what. Yeah. And I, and so maybe, and what I'm really trying to say, men, is that if you're demeaning someone and calling them, I don't want to say it, but you're, 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 you're calling them a feminine trait. Like that's all, that's not even like logical. Like to be feminine is, is connoted also with wisdom and and to be the real man is to ha embrace both your yin and your yang, both your feminine and your masculine energy. And so the, the real man is feminine. And, and I could just say my middle name, I'm going to put this out there, is Claire. Mm -hmm. And that's a traditionally feminine name, Claire. And, but I, I always, pe people would even make fun of me, like stupid jerk guys <laughs> would say, Claire, that's a girl's name. And and but i i never bought into that i probably bought into other demeaning things that little other bullies would say but that was one that i did not i didn't have any i didn't agree with that one because i i embraced my femininity i think from a young age and i think uh later i developed you know artistic ability which is more of a uh feminine trait and i found out that claire is kind of the clairvoyance uh clairsentient those, those Claire is connoted with spiritual gifts. And usually, you know, you think of an angel, you think of a woman. And so anyway, spiritual spirituality and having those are feminine traits. So I think just the real man embraces their feminine energy. Perfect. Thank you. It's kind of that reminded me of that song by Johnny Cash, a boy named Sue. Have you heard that? <laughs> yeah, that's my kind favorite. Of what came to mind when you were that's speaking. That's my favorite Johnny Cash song. <laughs> Well, he definitely became a, a bad boy, I guess you could say, in that song. And, uh, and if I could also say, Jesus Christ, I think, is the best example of embracing both his masculine and his feminine energy. He he embraced both. He, you know, Jesus wept, one I think my favorite verse of all time. And, you know, that's a, he showed his vulnerability. And the book of Luke primarily talks about the going towards the marginalized and I think that has more of embracing the, his feminine energy and being compassionate and uh, embracing, uh, you know, his hum humility. And he chose to be born in a manger. And that's, that's like, you know, soft and meek and humble. And that's those attributes. And usually when we talk about, you know, the attributes of a Christ-like person, loving, kind compassionate these are feminine traits like traditionally <laughs> so like if you want to be like jesus you're going to embrace your feminine side and so i just just really think men the the and i'm wanting to maybe a little poke in, in the eye but maybe that's not very uh feminine maybe <laughs> compassionate. <laughs> uh uh but but jesus did have a time he called you fox and your generation of vipers and I think there's a generation of vipers, any guy that calls another man and tries to demean them using a feminine trait, that is the definition of weak. And everything that you're trying to maybe project on someone else, you're, you just brought it on yourself as being weak, uh, unintelligent, and un incapable of using the English language at, at, at least, but probably even bigger. So take that. Perfect. I, th I really appreciate you bringing up Christ because he'd be a great reference point throughout this episode to refer back to because he did embody the perfect balance between masculine and feminine traits. Um, something that we kind of both agreed on that would be good to like start kind of the episode with was kind of a little bit of advice for men. Um, and I guess a little bit of background is Ryan, he's a marriage family therapist. I work with a lot of people like in the dating world. And something that I've realized is a lot of men, at least in my um, workings with them, oftentimes feel really stuck and they don't feel like women desire them as much as they wish that they did. And I feel like it all comes down to the vision that a man holds for himself. So if you are a man and, and you create a vision and have goals and dreams that you go and pursue each day, you are in essence creating your own life in your own world. So when a woman comes along and she sees that, it becomes a very attractive feature to her. 
if you don't have that, you're kind of like a man standing on the sand. It's not like a super firm foundation. You don't have a lot of things to give. And unfortunately, that's kind of like how men are, or their value is determined. It's kind of like what they have to offer to the world. And so I think something I'd tell, tell a lot of guys is that she does not want to be given the world, but she wants to be brought into your world and help create with you. And I think that's a very important distinction because I see this all the time. Guy meets girl and he kind of throws his whole life out the window. And he's like, I love her. I'll do whatever it takes. And then they start kind of doting over her hand and foot. Like you are the center of my world. And she doesn't like it. And she leaves. And then he's heartbroken. And I think myself, I've been there. I've done that. And it took some learning to realize I needed to go and pursue my dreams in life. And that is more attractive to her. It makes her feel more comfortable. So it's just important to remember that she doesn't want to be the center of everything. She does not want to be the center of your world. She just wants to be brought in and taken along the journey of your world. And that kind of leads me into like the disagreeableness versus agreeableness. But Ryan, do you have anything that you'd like to share? I just, yes, I, I just want to validate that. It is so awesome. I love that thought. And I'm just going to reiterate because it it's so good. She doesn't want to be given. She doesn't want to be given the world. She wants to be brought into your world and help create it with you. Men, you are the ones with the man with the plan. You need the vision. And she's so attracted to that. And and you know, going forward, and I just think there's so much to that that I've learned at church and you know, religiously. I think that's just I've been taught this, but not in a in this context, like how to have like better relationship IQ. It was taught in the context just how to have like have right priorities and how to serve God. And they always said, Your woman is not your number one. Always put God number one. And 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 then you know, she's like secondary to that. And 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 so and now this is kind of coming full circle you know this this post-secularist thought is that when we try to serve god and do our mission what god has endowed us with that actually makes us more uh attractive more you know in our masculine energy and so i and let me and i'm gonna be vulnerable i'm guilty of this i love like throwing the red carpet out for my girl and I don't know, there is a part of me that just just melts at the love of a woman and wants to just throw my life away and make her number one. <laughs> and that that's not, but it's too, it's too expensive. And it, it doesn't, it doesn't, it, it creates an imbalance later in the relationship or maybe even right there because women want you to take charge. And if you always have their needs priority. Um, and so I think you're probably gonna talk about, yeah, it goes right into agreeable, disagreeable, disagreeableness that you know where, where is that balance in trying to respect them but not uh totally succumb to their wills because i think and ultimately if I, I i don't know your thought but if i could just say actually actually oh wait oh wait oh wait you sure yes okay um so I, I guess i just real quick wanted to make the reference between how nice guys and bad boys fit in this so nice guys are wanting to give the world and bad boys are out there just creating a world moving forward and a woman's desire is to join someone who is going somewhere besides just making them the center of the world. So getting into disagreeableness and agreeableness, where disagreeableness is considered a masculine trait and agreeableness is considered a feminine trait. And we can think of this as resolving conflict. Usually men are more conflict prone or women avoid conflict. So I have a little bit of like an example of how this plays into dating. I have a cousin, one of my closest cousins he started dating a new girl and he expressed to me how one of her major concerns was she felt like he just agreed too much that he didn't really have any like um like greater desires it was just kind of like whatever she said he just rolled with and she would say no like i i kind of want you to like disagree with me is ultimately what she was saying but she didn't say it that way and so i had found in my own dating experiences like sometimes when i just kind of like just take the controversial viewpoint replace the devil's advocate or just disagree or i make up my mind of where i want to go that usually help bring more balance to the relationship. So I told him, I said, Hey, like just find like random things throughout the day that she talks about and just disagree with it and see what happens. And then later I talked to him and he's like, man, she is so crazy for me now. It is so bizarre. She's like, Oh, like wild all the time. And she just can't get enough of me. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and it worked better than I had even anticipated. But I think that goes to show that sometimes we think we want something, but deep down it's something else. There's a little bit of cognitive dissonance going on and it can be very common with women in the dating world, right? Like, like the example I used at the beginning is they're very attracted to a man who has this drive to, and he's just a worker, but six months down the road, the thing that she wanted the most is what's pushing her away now. 
sometimes we have to have those balance of the yin and the yang, the back and the forth, the cat and the mouse. So um, is there anything you'd like to add to that, Ryan? Yeah, well, this, um, this, this idea of agreeableness, disagreeableness, and that kind of, you know, masculine energy, you think of, I never agree with anybody. It's always my way or the highway. That's kind of a, an extreme toxic form of not maybe masculinity because because there is no such thing as toxic masculinity. That's an oxymoron because masculinity is the true balance of, of righteousness. And so, but a toxic man is just never going to, it's always his way or the highway. Right. But but the but then if you always agree and you're just like never have any backbone ever then that you lose credibility and there you're just water and you're you're too wishy-washy and there's no real direction there's no structure to you and so it's choosing your battles really and the balance of this is that and i remember in the military there were some of my peers they would disagree with their with our superiors and i remember i was like Oh, I would never do that. But it ended up, they were the ones promoted. They were the ones because they were the, the boss knew that they could trust him. And that there was this, they, they knew where they stood and the, our boss didn't always go with them, but he did respect them in the end. Maybe not like right in the moment, but in the end, like where they were coming from. And it has to be, you disagree with purpose, specifically with a, with your higher purpose your divine self. And so that's like when you're getting your feminine wisdom there, but you're using your masculine sword. And this is super hot for guys and girls. I'm to be, I'll be honest. I like a girl telling me, no, I like a girl, you know, when she yanks my tie and says, come with me, you know, <laughs> says, you know, and I was like, whoa. And she like holds my hand and, and says, we're getting on the dance floor and like, we're doing this, you know, like that's hot for me. And maybe I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. And I, I like sometimes when, even when my woman like disagrees with me and, 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 you know, and then when I see where it's going and it's like for a place of greater love and connection and what's coming up for me is a story by Tony Robbins, where he expresses when he was dating Sage Robbins. And I think it sounds like this was like a big turnaround point. I'm not sure I'd have to ask him, but while they were dating, he was like going vegan and like super concerned about his health. And he still is, uh, but he had like strict diet and one of those things was no ice cream and they went out for a fun date and she i think she was even more vegan or more health conscious than he was but she ordered like an, an ice cream sandwich and tony's like what are you doing and she's like i'm living you idiot <laughs> i'm living you idiot and just enjoying life and he loved that time when she disagreed and just enjoying the you know, ice cream tastes good. And sometimes it's a good time to just chill and relax. And so, um, and if I could also say, this reminds me of the movie Aladdin, the classic Aladdin. And, uh, and you know, the, the genie says, mayday, mayday, mayday. And right before that, he's like, just be yourself. And um, that's what you need to do is you need to be yourself. You, you don't disagree just for the sake of disagreeing, it's with a very intentional purpose. And I think, I think this, I think I'm right on this bunker, correct me, but I think the man's default should be to agree. But the times when he doesn't agree is when his higher purpose, his vision is maybe jeopardized. And that's when he holds his, hold the line. And he's very clear with the difference between preference and principle. And principle is like his ultimate vision. And he's not going to negotiate on that. Like he's going somewhere, somewhere higher calling. And, um, and I just think true meekness is going to have this place where you, you're, you're going to, you know, when to, to draw your sword out as J Jordan Peterson talks about that true meekness, you have the sword, you have the teeth, but you know when to use it. And they say, Joseph Smith, and Moses was in Genesis or somewhere in the Bible, it says Moses was the meekest of all men. And he's he's considered a man of power and strength, standing in Pharaoh's court, throwing his staff down. And we have, I think, of course, my our images of Moses are definitely uh, framed within the uh, 
the movie Ten Commandments. Um, but that is a, he's a strong man, but he was considered the meekest of all men because he knew when to keep his sword in place and when to agree. And in the movie Aladdin, I think the purpose of, I think there's many themes in the movie Aladdin, but when Genie was telling him, be yourself, it was be honest about who you truly are. And Aladdin was so mesmerized by Jasmine, the princess, that he just wanted to totally dissolve who he was to, to incorporate a man who would be acceptable in her eyes. But what she really wanted was the true Aladdin that was a punk on the streets before, <laughs> but he was a changed man and that was what drove him and he was willing to risk his life for those he loved. And that was the, that's what drew Jasmine to Aladdin. And when women can see that you're willing to risk your life for something bigger than you, your vision, your family, that's hot. And <laughs> women, if you're in the chat box, type that in and say yes, because I, <laughs> I know they're gonna agree with that. And that's just, and that's, but that's universal for if I see a woman who's willing to risk her life for her kids, for her family and for her vision, like that's just hot. And that, that's, it doesn't get any sexier than that. I think. I couldn't agree more. And I, when the, you were saying that you believe that the default of men is to agree at first, I, I also agree with that. I think like the masculine, and the feminine are different in the sense of masculine kind of represents logic and the feminine represents emotion. So earlier when you said that you should disagree with the purpose, I think that's almost like the responsibility of the man to disagree because he's in more of a logical frame. It helps balance out that feminine energy that perhaps is just flowing and maybe she's missing something. And it's the same for the man. I feel like I've heard a lot of different experiences and I've had my own where I was thinking very logically and a female's perspective brought in that emotional side and it kind of balanced things out, but it changed the course of action that I took that I would have taken differently. Now, I kind of have my own little theory that I kind of want to run by you as well in regards to like men and dating and why they are the way that they are. Because something that I hear a lot from women, especially as of late, is that all men are more feminine or more emotional than women are. And the women are just kind of fed up with it. They're like, I don't know what to do. Like these guys are just so sensitive. And so the thought that I had was that men are likely to take on feminine traits in dating because it's their hope that they'll have somewhat of a similar relationship to their mother. And if you think about it, a lot of times moms are the ones with the kids and they're kind of just telling the boys what to do, how to be, how to dress. And they get used to that woman, that female role of just telling them what to do. They kind of get trained up on it. And so it becomes problematic in dating and relationships because girls that are dating, they don't want to like be mom number two for you. They don't want to raise their husband. They want to raise um, like your children. And I found that if like you're a really masculine man in your masculine frame, it kind of moves to that spot of like, she wants to have your children. Sometimes you hear girls say that like, oh, I would have his babies tomorrow. Usually anytime you hear about that, it's a really masculine guy. It's someone that they're just going crazy over because of certain characteristics that they're just putting off. And so that's kind of like a little theory that I have. I don't know if there's any research or, or studies on that, but that's something that I found in my own life. Like I had a really uh, feminine mother and a really masculine father. And I think my first 18 years of life, I leaned a lot harder towards my mother. She was sensitive and softer. It was like a more comfortable thing. And it took a lot of adjustment to fall into a more masculine frame, but I can definitely see where when I started to date, I was like, oh, I just want like someone that's going to take care of me and love me and dote over me. And, and now I'm in a more spot where I feel more balanced and I can personally be like, oh, like those things are great, but I don't want my wife to dote over me in that way. I want her to dote over me, over my kids that way and give them that kind of love. But the love is different. It's not the same kind of love between mother and wife. I think you have a book there, Bunker. I think it's <laughs> something definitely to explore. I think it's huge. Men are, they, they, they see women through the lens, how they saw their mother. That's right. just, that's just how it is. And if they had a good relationship with their mom or bad, that frames how they see women. And that's just, I think that's just wired into us. And so, yeah, I think for me, I had a great relationship with my mom, my mother, and and uh, and I wanted to date someone like her that was, and I and and, and probably and not only like her in her traits, but I, but subconsciously, I wanted her to treat me the way that my mom treated me. Right. Yeah. Wrote over me, super forgiving of my weaknesses, uh, helping me, holding my hand when I fall being there for me and 
um, that's caused me, I think a lot of uh, pain in my relationships is my, you know, uh, I think th there is this place where, yeah, women don't want to be your, your raise a, a kid and, and uh, they want to raise kids, babies, but not, a, not, a, not another man. And I hear that all the time. You know, I think I even as a kid, I remember my neighbor who had two boys, one girl, and she says, yeah, I've had two boys, but I've raised, but I've raised three of them <laughs> or something. like that. <laughs> And she was throwing her, her husband under the bus saying that he was a baby and that he, he wasn't taking charge. He was lazy and uh, he wasn't responsible. And, she, and I, and I mean, I was a kid and I didn't really understand it at, at that time, but now just looking back, yeah, she was a more masculine woman and he was, uh, I, I, hopefully this doesn't go back, but he, he was fat and he, I mean, he had, he had to like have oxygens. I don't know all of his health conditions, but he, he, I, I never saw him go on a walk or anything. And he, so he, he needed, he needed oxygen because his lungs, he needed to exercise and that caught up with him later. He was funny. And I remember uh, giving, he made some apple cider for us. He was a funny guy, but he was a, he was a kid. And uh, that was hurtful for the, the marriage hierarchy. And I think my friends, you know, the, the, their sons, like they, they weren't very responsible and they, and the, 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 the one daughter, she was ultra responsible like his mother. And so I, I think that there was a, a pattern there. Absolutely. And I think if you're listening to this, uh, it's a good thing to reflect on. I asked yourself some questions like, where am I at as a man? Am I dating? Or if I'm a woman listening to this, like the guys that I'm dating, like, are they trying to find like their mom in a dating aspect? Because those who are like looking for the same kind of love that their mother gave to them, that's more of like a nice guy quality. Bad boys are kind of just out doing their thing. Like they could care less. They're just blazing the trail. So those are just things I think to keep an eye out for. Um, there's a lot of competition between like negative and, or the masculine and feminine energies. No matter the kind of like relationship you're in, whether it be like a heterosexual or a homosexual relationship, there still has to be polarity in those relationships. Like if you see a homosexual couple, you still see one that's like more feminine, one that's more masculine. If the man is being very feminine, the woman has to become more masculine. So it's definitely going back to that balance of within, like the yin and the yang, because without balance, it causes problems. Um, things just don't flow the way that they're supposed to. Was there anything you want to add before we move to our next point, Ryan? I, I do, but I, I think it probably will tie into something else as we talk. So keep going. Oh, perfect. So there's three words that I wanted to kind of share to the guys. And I think the women listening, like if you're wanting to put a comment down, like saying that you agree with this, please do. Or if you disagree, but women want three things out of men. They want to feel seen. They want to feel safe and they want to feel understood. So if we're thinking about good guys and bad boys, the bad boy, the bad guy, he makes a woman feel safe because he elicits a lot of like assertiveness, a lot of confidence. He doesn't always make her feel safe or seen and understood. Sometimes she's just there. She often doesn't feel like she can connect with him. That's why when we started the episode, we were talking about trying to find the balance between the nice guy and the, and the bad boy. The first need for all people is to want to like have their basic needs taken care of of feeling safe. I think that's why some women just default to the safety of like the bad boy. But the nice guy, you can also make them feel safe and bring in the feeling seen and feeling understood. So... I heard Tony Robbins just recently say things work when things are in common, but things are passionate when things are different. So that's kind of what that bad boy brings into that relationship of feeling safe, feeling understood and feeling seen. He brings that part of like the passionate difference when things are when, when or when a man is more in his feminine frame and he meets another feminine woman that they're, like, they're the same. So it's kind of like seems to fit at first, but doesn't have that passionate fire. So safety's first and they want to feel seen, which I believe kind of is like self-explanatory. They want to be seen for who they are. They want to be seen for what they do, their capabilities that they have. I guess where compliments can come in, saying words of affirmation. And then being understood, I think, is listening. Like really just taking to heart what they have to say and taking the time to be invested in the things that they feel. Because women do feel a lot more and they want to be able to express that to their male counterpart. Yeah, and I think both men and women, they still feel, and I think... Sometimes I think like maybe men are more sensitive than guys, but I think as men get older, they learn better how to mask it and maybe to bury it. Um, but yeah. if you see like little boys 
they're probably the first ones to cry. <laughs> I don't know. Like, <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, it's, it depends on it. But like, little boys cry just as much as little girls cry. I think there's probably, you know, so uh, sensitivity is, I don't think a gender type. I think it's maybe personality type, but not a, a thing. But I think, you know, socialization, I think, maybe creates um, more of that. Um, and, you know, what do women want? Let's just talk about this. You said seen, safe, understood. I think those are all great. Um, and I would argue guys want that as well. Uh, they want to be seen, safe, and understood. And I think you you brought this up, Bunker, the book, which I, I need to read. It's on my reading list here is Love and Respect. Women want to be loved. Men want to be respected. And yes. And I loved how you made it even more nuanced is women want unconditional love and men want unconditional respect. And I, I, I feel that like, I, I'm okay if you're not maybe always, but I want there always should be an air of respect uh, towards me, no matter what I do. And that's a, 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 a thing I think that creates safety for me and uh, being understood and, and seen. And if I could just bring this in, into this is, According to Dr. Harley, in his book, His Needs, Her Needs, he came up with the 10 things, the 10 needs in marriage. And he said, these are the five things that women want primarily, and these are the things that men want primarily. And I think that these things kind of break it down even more with the seen, safe, and understood. But before I say that, uh, Bunker, I'm not trying to like dis... I guess I am kind of disagreeing, but I, I'm trying to put more nuance to it. Please do, because you're a bad boy. <laughs> is I, I disagree when when it's when it's when I need to, um, and I think safety. I think for men and women, they both want it, but for women, it's it's more charged and it has a different nuance. And so I agree with you and I disagree with you. Perfect. I, I'm in the middle, and, <laughs> and because like in a poll, uh, I know we're, we're leaning a lot on Tony Tony Robbins here. Tone as, as Sage calls him, but he, you know in a uh, in a, in a, on his relationship day, he says, men in the last month, how, how many times have you felt unsafe? You felt scared for your life, you know, and basically no hands for the men went up. And if they did, they're weak boys. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, th like, no, there's, there's real times that people, their life is in jeopardy, right? That, that happens. But by and large, like, I don't feel like I'm going to get like beat up. I'm not like, that's not on my awareness that right. like I can go to the store and like, Oh, I'm worried. I could be in a vulnerable situation and these I'm going to get gang raped or like something bad. I don't, I don't, that's not on my awareness. I think I'm always kind of, I'm probably a little bit more aware. What would I do if there was like a terrorist attack? I think, <laughs> but, but I, I don't feel like physiologically scared where I do believe, but then he asked women in the last month or even in the last week, how often have you have you guys felt scared, like concerned about your safety? And almost all the women went up, and it's like this night and day difference. And like, and he talked about, and I and I remember hearing this earlier. Like when I park my car, for me it's like, where can I park so I can pull my my door all the way out so I don't bump into the <laughs> car? That, that's what that's my my radar. But women, they like to get to the closest to the the store, and I didn't understand that. Like you're super lazy, can't just take ten more steps to to do that. But I understood that, that it closes the gap because if there is a, a guy where they're coming after them, they have a better chance of getting into their car and driving away. Right. I, never, I never considered that, right? I never considered like some guy chasing me with a bat and like as I go to, to Home Depot or, or anywhere, go shopping or something. Like that's not something that I'm considering, but I think that that is in some girls' minds even if it's never happened. And so that's like a, just a whole different paradigm that, that we as men, as kind of that, having that privilege that we don't appreciate that, maybe that, that uh, maybe, can I say? A luxury? That luxury, yeah, of, of being a woman and, or being a man. And so um, that's just a, a different world that I've never stepped into. And so just being maybe more aware of that uh, and so maybe that's why this is a whole lot to say to, to your one word of being 
why they value safety. And they, I think when they choose a man, they want to feel safe. And so uh, as a man, if you do not make your woman feel safe, you're skating on thin ice. And, and, uh, and if they're, if they have any self-respect, if they don't feel safe with you, they are going to leave. That's just, that's just how it is. You just got to accept that. They're not going to love you. Like your mother loved you. They're, (laughs) they're going to leave. So if you don't make them feel safe physically and prior, and also emotionally, then like that's a primary need that they're looking for when they're, when they're looking for their man, can he help me feel safe? So, so I'm agreeing with you that they want safety and it's, it's more charged, more nuanced than it is for man, for men. So without further ado, here is Dr. Harley's, his needs, her needs. This is what women primarily are looking for in a relationship affection they're looking for conversation she's looking for honesty and openness which is kind of part of this emotional safety right financial support that's safety right family commitment safety <laughs> like an affection is seen seen and understood right conversation seen and understood openness and honesty openness and honesty seen safe understood those are all of them so I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> um, so can you see those five things? Women are looking for affection, conversation, honesty, and openness, financial support, and family commitment. And so if you're lacking in some of those areas, guys, step it up. And with men, this is what you're primarily looking for, according to Dr. Harley, but I agree with this, sexual fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Yes, please. Uh, recreational companionship. You know, I want my woman to go do fun things together. Like I like triathlons and it would be really hot for me to, my wife did triathlons with me and, or go to the movies together. I want to go hold the, hold her hand while we, while I'm doing something that I enjoy. It's more fun if she can be with me. One thing that I have appreciated about my wife is like, I love to exercise, go to the gym. And when she goes with me, I I enjoy that. That's uh, definitely bonding for me. Uh, Physical attractiveness. Hopefully that goes without saying that's important to men. So women, if you don't know that, you need to know that there is, <laughs> I think a red light. I talked about it. There's a red, well, let me come back to that. So the last two is domestic support and admiration. Kind of what we talked about, love and respect. Men want to be admired, respected as the king. They're, they're the king. That's that's their ego. They, they Their man needs that admiration and um, physical attractiveness. I don't know if women truly, I think some women get it, but some women don't get it. And so I'm speaking to those women that don't get it as far as why, why, why do I need to dress up? Why do I need to put on high heels? Why do I even care? Or why do I need to lose 10 pounds? Just accept me for, let me explain this to you. At least this is according to Ryan, but uh, this is the raw, real and rewarding part of the podcast here. As I explained it, I think it's a red light, yellow light, green light for me. And I think biologically, there are for me, there's like women, and I think they're all beautiful to me, but there's some women, they go in the red light, but (laughs) I'm not going to go there. There's women that are yellow light, maybe past to go if I, uh, you know, if I'm far far enough along, maybe, but I'm not, I got to check it out and maybe put on the brakes before I proceed. And then there's some physical attractiveness it's an obvious green light for me that even they could be super mean and corrupt and evil but if they have that beauty biologically i'm just wired to that and they there there's a certain look and you don't have to go very far to know what that certain look is i think cartoons hollywood they, they know what that look is and um and uh men are definitely attracted to physical to the physical and Thank goodness for that. I mean, uh, men and women, they're physically, they're different. Their body types and shapes are different. And to me, it's almost a little bit weird. And sometimes it's like, why am I so attracted to, to like, uh, women? It's just like, I, I kind of have like this conversation, like, yes, I, I understand it, but it's like, it's just, there's this place. If you see a green light physical form, it's like, and, and I think it's important for women is if you fit that place, it, it turns your man on. 
Could not agree more. Thank you for breaking down those things for men and women, because that leads us perfectly into the next point of continuing, I guess, what women want. So in my own surveys, I guess, just conversation, every single girl I have ever asked, what do they find the most attractive in a man? What do they want? It's always come back as confidence. And confidence is a very masculine trait. And then one girl explained it to me this way. She said, it is easier to be confident in someone who is confident in themselves. And I thought that was very insightful. And she just went on to explain of anybody that she had dated who was not extremely confident in themselves and kind of appealed to her for their own self-worth, she became less secure in the relationship and in herself. And the guys that she dated who were more secure and did not need to appeal to her for their own like self-esteem and value, her own value and confidence shot up. She became less insecure. So I thought that was very interesting because I guess you could say confidence is maybe the number one trait of like the bad boy. Bad boys are just overloaded with confidence. Even if they have nothing going on, they sure fake it till they make it or fake it until nothing happens. You know, and girls will stick around because, man, he is so confident. It's so hot and attractive. I love that about him. And I think on the other side, like sometimes when women are very attractive, it comes across as a little more of a masculine trait and it can be kind of intimidating to men. Women who really just have a vision for themselves and where they're going, that can be kind of difficult for a man to confront and approach. Now, going back to what we talked about at the beginning about setting a vision, having goals and like going out and like trying to create your world. I think those are byproducts of being confident. So if you are a man and you're not feeling super confident in yourself and you're listening to us have this conversation and you feel like, man, I kind of feel like I'm falling in the nice guy category. Maybe things are starting to make sense. and light bulbs are going off of why things have kind of happened the way they have. The number one thing you can do is focus on confidence, building that. Now, I'll only say this because I think it's kind of a hard question to answer. But if we pose the question, how do we increase confidence? I think the number way, number one way to increase confidence is to increase spirituality. And as we increase spirituality, confidence will go up. What do you oh, think, Ryan? No, justify it. Why is that? I, I, that's not where I would go, but go, go. really, well, I heard a general authority say that one time to a group of Institute teachers. And I thought about it a lot because there were certain people around me in the time that I felt like were really struggling with their confidence. And I never knew what to, to say or talk to them about. And I believe that it, it comes from, as we increase our spirituality, we increase the understanding of who God is. And as we increase our understanding of who God is, it increases our understanding of our own identity. And if we have a good, a perfect understanding of our identity, we'll have a perfect confidence. Well, I would love to hear your viewpoint, even if you disagree, even more so, I would love to hear it. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Yeah, I, I I, wouldn't respond that that's not how I respond. I've, um, um, for me, how I respond to that, but I, I want to come back to that is just you need to have a vision for your life. You need to know where you're going. What What's your mission in life? And a lot, I think, is, you know, your career, your, your, your work, hopefully it's not just to get a paycheck, but it's like you're doing something. There's a better future you're going forward, and that's really important to you. That's, I think, what's super confident uh, that brings us confidence is there's a compelling future for the man that they're, they're striving for that's bigger than just the pain or the pleasure in the moment. And so when temptation comes, distraction comes, they're not gonna succumb to their lesser self because they're they're going somewhere. And so to me, like they can disagree or if there is a, a woman that's super attractive in that green light place, but you know it doesn't align with your vision, you say no to that. Or let's be honest, you know, you're gonna break the commandments, you know, you're gonna have like a one night stand. Like you're not gonna do that because it's gonna jeopardize your bigger mission. And, um, there's, and so to me, that's how I've already always answered confidence comes from this faith that you are going to achieve this higher purpose than where you are now. And that I think is another way of saying spirituality is that spirituality is this, as you increase your spirituality, you have a greater sense of your relationship with the divine and that you're part of him, you're one with him. And maybe you don't know if you wanna be a firefighter or a, join the military or change the world, or you don't know if you wanna have a family or uh, what's other, some compelling vision that some people might have, or they, 
I know a compelling vision for me is to have a cabin, but like, um, but, um, but even if you don't have any of those things, but you have a strong spirituality, you have a strong relationship with the divine, you trust God and you trust that it's important to follow the commandments and you may not know why you don't maybe have the awareness that that a one night stand might jeopardize your your compelling future but you just know it's the wrong thing to do and so you you just know god wouldn't be happy with it so you don't succumb to that and so that could be confidence and yeah i think that there are maybe some people in my youth who and basically it takes a long time to figure out what your mission is in life like that doesn't come overnight and that most people don't have that even in their 20s um and maybe even in their 50s <laughs> you know mm -hmm. and uh and so yeah i think just that relationship with god and just trusting and trust that there is something better and i i'm going to do the right thing because that's the right thing i don't need any other justification for how to live my life i know that's what god wants of me and so that's what i'm going to do and i think that's that's that takes backbone that takes confidence and I, and so my, so I guess I'm agreeing with you is that spirituality creates confidence. And, and I guess I just want to close with, or I think we're coming to a close here. And just that, uh, fake it till you make it. I, I think that there is this place I know in the military, I was the worst of the worst. I was all, we were always evaluated and put in rank and file with my other cadets. And I was always like, I don't know if I was the number one lo biggest loser, but <laughs> I was definitely at the bottom of the totem pole. And I was always given feedback. You do not exude military bearing. You do not exude confidence. And I was like, ah, what is this abstract idea? I don't know how to do it. I'm just trying to learn what I'm trying to do. And it was frustrating to say the least. And, um, and uh eventually i just wanted to be a chaplain i was like i don't care <laughs> uh, but then later but anyway let me i don't want to go into my story right now what i really want to say is about as far as confidence that it is a it is a a skill set it isn't i think ultimate confidence comes from inside and this is the comment that i wanted to say earlier is another way of saying uh, confidence is a part of that is your ability to differentiate yourself and know who you really are. And part of that is to, when there's a problem with you and your woman, that you don't just blame her, you look at yourself and say, where did I go wrong? Even if they did everything wrong in the book and they're, they're totally, and you have all the rights to be the victim, you still say, what could I do? What was my piece in this? And that differentiation and that takes so much confidence and when you can validate yourself and your worth even when other people are saying you're you're a loser and you have no military bearing and stuff like that and you're just like not frustrated that like that i got and you just you validate yourself and you know even though maybe i don't portray myself in this way or maybe at work i don't come across confident that's okay and you're able to differentiate and you say this and i think there's maybe a relationship with your parents Maybe we'll talk about differentiation in, on another time because I think that's so important. But um, uh, I, I, I ultimately just want to say that confidence is a skill set as well. And not only is it, it's more important to clean the inner vessel first, but also the external vessel matters and learning communication skills and learning how the kind of, because men were always in a hierarchy and whenever there's always kind of some hierarchy knowing when to kind of push and shove. You need to know kind of those hierarchies. And maybe we'll talk about that at another point. But um, I think also confidence and charisma is important. And I think, I think confidence is such a, a multifaceted word for me. And what I'm maybe wanting to end with is just how you express and hold yourself. I think just holding your posture does wonders for you how you move your body does wonders for you and and smiling does wonders for you so even if your internal world feels like it's falling apart if you just hold your chest up kind of put your chest out put your chin up smile look people in the eye crack a joke here give people a nice strong handshake that that that's you can there's I think there's even weak people that can can pull that off and 
I think that that, that I think confidence and charisma to me are almost a little bit synonymous and I'm sure there's, there's definitely differences, but I think creating that kind of spark and being fun to be with. And, and, uh, I think there, there's so much there that I, I want to end with is that, uh, making life fun and, uh, uh, yeah, there, there's a whole, uh, soapbox on this, but how you hold yourself is also important. We've been talking a lot about the internal world, but I also want to talk about the external world. And so posture, smiling, just how you walk. And I, I remember even seeing an episode about posture and how in the animal kingdom, like lions, they move different than zebras. And, you know, the, the, the lion is always important to the zebra, but the zebra is not always important yeah. to the lion. And, and it's because of that, real men are able to turn their back and, and just in their body language, they are able to turn their back onto people and that shows a dominant stance. And so there's all sorts of rabbit hole things that we could go into, but I, I just, I think that there is an art to how you hold yourself and that even if you're not confident on the inside, you can learn skills on the outside and let's, let's just say it like this. You can, there is acting classes. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, those can can be helpful. Perfect. Thank you so much for sharing. And I think that's I loved how you said that the lion is not always important to the zebra. No, the zebra is not always important to the lion, but the lion is always important to the zebra. That's pretty cool little saying. And that's like the beta. The beta is always kind of worried about other people and what they're saying, and ooh, who's on the top of the hierarchy. But the alpha is like they don't even care. They're just if when they when they if they know what they want they know they can get it and they just have that faith in faith and they they just they're not shaken 100% I couldn't agree more and i think we've covered some great topics and given some great information hopefully these are valuable resources and tools for the listeners and that we can you know go forward becoming a bad nice guy you know find that good balance and if you guys have any questions please leave them in the comments we would love to address them and cover them and unless you have anything else to add, I say we uh, love them and leave them. Woo! See you later. Till next time. Peace.